Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about TV, movies, all that stuff. But instead of getting into that nonsense that's on your timeline, we're giving you what's real. Scal, deputy editor, Complex's pop culture channel. As always, the homie Fraser Tharp is in the building. Yes, sir. Interesting topic today. A topic I think that's near and dear to your heart. I was gonna, I was gonna interrupt you and say one of my favorite topics. Jesus, we're talking bad boys this week. Bad boys specific episode this week, um, celebrating uh, the the legacy of the film, but also the release of Bad Boys for Life. Long awaited. We'll get into. Like 10 years plus since the first time someone's heard about it it's been over a decade really yes well um it is weird that uh even between bad boys one and two there was kind of a gulf but yeah i, I mean, mean when you look at what will and michael bay did in that interim it makes sense it, well, and that was one of the reasons why. I mean, when, when Michael Bay's legit like, uh, we want to do this film, but we're a little too expensive right now, it makes sense. Um, I mean, first we should start off, though. With what? With a soft ranking, because I already see it's release week. Yes. Release weekend for Bad Boys for Life. And naturally, the timeline is debating what? which is the better movie. Is it is it a hard? It's not hard to rank this though, right? Like I think it is for people because here's how here's how it falls down, mm-hmm. and it's kind of snobby, okay? Which I hate being, mm-hmm. but Bad Boys is the better movie. Yes, Bad Boys Two, and we'll get to this in depth later, <laughs> uh-huh. is arguably top fifteen action movie ever made. Now, just action wise, no, is wait. that crazy? Well, because the thing is, I mean, we we are complex, so we have a list for damn near everything. We have an action movies list on the site. Did I write on that? I don't. I would have to go back and see. Shouts out to whoever did that. But I will say, while we don't have Bad Boys Two on the list at all, Bad, I didn't write on that. Bad Boys One is on the list. Is that blasphemy? Or is that? Do you need to go in and re-edit? This? Yeah, I mean, well, it's. It's moving the goalposts around a little bit because Bad Boys 2 has, um, there's not much of a movie there in between the action scenes. It's kind of like, did you ever read that? I don't know where I read this or why I know this, but, um, you know, for Mission Impossible 2, mm-hmm. which a lot of basic people call the weakest one in that franchise, that's uh-huh. the one that's directed by John Woo. Jesus. Okay. With Tandy Newton. A goat. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the screenwriters listed on that was uh, Robert Town. Mm. aka the guy who wrote Chinatown so gotcha. you know a classic screenplay mm-hmm. but that movie has <laughs> there's no Chinatown in there there's no Chinatown in there but one of the things he said he was like you know the uh the action scenes are all written they just needed me to like <laughs> put the Facts. story in between them but- and that's what you kind of feel like when you watch Bad Boys 2 it's like all right what do we need to have going on between these shootouts yeah, well i mean it's 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 the 
I feel like the 80s was a lot like that, where you would get that uh, a successful first film. The sequel would give you more of the same. A lot of the times, the plot would suffer. But as long as it's funny and shit blows up, you're good. Yeah, and shit blows up so well in Bad Boys 2, and there are some genuinely funny moments. Top 15? But, I mean, if we're just talking action... There is Imperial-level shit going on in Bad Boys 2. I don't want to hold you, but that is a little bit of a gold post All right, I mean, shifting. listen, we'll get back to it. <laughs> like, I, I want to say, yes, I agree, but when you're talking about, like, the best action film, I also want the film to be fire. Well, that's why I think you have to rate Bad Boys first, because Bad Boys has so much more going on. It has the... 90s action movies, I feel like, always threw in some weird complication for yeah. no reason. So you have that random uh, plot contrivance where they have to pretend to be each other. That felt like that was literally the movie. So random. Yeah. But it's funny. Yes, 100%. And, you know, it has the, the way better emotional stakes. This one, they were just like, oh, let's make the girl in this one one of their sisters. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, you know, Will has the the relationship with the, uh, the sex worker chick. And yeah. She is the, the friend gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Taylor is her friend. So I don't know. It feels more uh, substantial. I yeah, I get it. Top fifteen. I, I want people to add us at Complex Pot. Let us know is Bad Boys two top fifteen action film of all time. These movies are always on TV. One hundred percent. And especially someone like me who still has cable. Is is this a TNT? They always on TNT. Okay. There's this other channel. There's like the Paramount channel. That shit is always on. Yeah, former Spike TV. Yeah. So you're always like you always catch one of these scenes while mm. you're channel surfing. Okay. But I sat down and rewatched Bad Boys Two like in earnest, top to bottom, mm. focused, no distractions, no commercials. Word. Michael Bay is like doing god body shit in the in the first hour of that movie i i mean i i always go back to just the fact that the first 10 minutes is literally just blowing up a, a klansman drug rally which is great yeah two black cops at a clan rally i'm with it but after that mm. that's a nice little shootout that's cute that's by the rest of the movie standards <laughs> you say cute there's literally people getting shot in the ass there's helicopters flying around i feel like i'm stumping for your point but let's let's keep going Rewatching. Like, Locked In, the highway chase, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was, like, the first time I'd ever seen it. J- just recently? Yes. Okay. Like, that is a, that is just a feat of action cinema that, like, so many other people, so many other directors couldn't even get Michael Bay's shine box Fuck. to pull that off. Because it's so long, too. But on par with what? Like, because when you say best, what what are we holding this up against in terms of just highway scenes i mean i think you put it up there with car chases Mm -hmm. specifically because that's its own genre yeah subgenre at least let me let me look at our list well that's the thing matrix the matrix highway had just happened that year all right i haven't rewatched the matrix reloaded in a while i want to do that soon Uh, but um the the first matrix i will say off memory Uh two movies i've seen dozens of times Mm -hmm. bad boys two highway chase greater sign Matrix Reloaded, High Witches. Wow. Wow. Easy. And that's a big one. That's a big one. There are flipping cars in there. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I mean, but then like, because our list has... And it's not not some shoddy shit either. Like he's like... It's Michael Bay. He's in his bag. And the shit is still funny too. So right before we came to record this, Mm -hmm. a story broke about uh, Seth Rogen. Yes, yes. Chimed in on the, the Twitter argument about which is the better movie mm-hmm. and explained that he 
and uh, his dude Evan, who he co-writes all this shit with, Word. were two, I don't even know, un- they must be uncredited because it's new news. I'm assuming so, They yeah. did uncredited punch-ups on the script for Bad Boys 2, and they wrote one of the best jokes when they're firing. First of all, one of my favorite things about this franchise is uh, Will and Martin never dress like cops. No. They never look like cops. They go everywhere without a badge. Facts. Well, even even writing into the the character that you know he's this trust fund kid. Uh-huh. They're in all these like anti cop stuff, and they have like the most like they have guns that cops should and would never have. <laughs> guns that they would collect at the scene and then have to give away to evidence. So they're in this chase, and they have no. And my, he pulls out like this machine gun from his trunk, <laughs> the trunk of his Ferrari. And it's like, bro, what cop has this? He, like, goes gun shopping on his own with his millions, I guess, you, Mike Lowry. You know it's Hollywood because two get black guys can be that strapped on Dog. the street without badges. Anyway, when <laughs> when he's yelling at Martin Lawrence to shoot, mm-hmm. and then he, he busts out the window and accidentally shoots up the glove compartment. <laughs> that's funny. Seth, that's Seth Rogen. That was Seth. Yeah, I, I just checked. They are not credited, so if, if that's them... Kudos to them. Okay, but then, so this sequence goes on for like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Riveting stuff. Very long. Again, it's not even the climax of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's not even the opening sequence of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, he arguably tops himself again with that 360 shootout. Word. At the the Jamaican dude's house. There's always those scenes. There are definitely those scenes. Like, that shit is fire. Running through, like, you know, random foreign cities and shit. I get it. And then the movie just kind of, like, before they get to, like, the big climax, they kind of just repeat themselves again. Yeah. But it can rest off that first hour alone. Bad Boys 2, action-wise, stands up to some of the best Mission Impossible. Because I, I, I say that knowing that if we're talking about franchises that Fraser Tharp adores. Yes. Mission Impossible is right up there. Tat Mission Impossible on me. Damn. Um, is it up there? Yes. Wow. Yes. Now, I mean, it, it's, but they do different things, though. It's not. It's not a crazy statement, only because this is Michael Bay. This is The Rock. Well, this is Armageddon. Like, right. 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 And that's one of the reasons I'm excited to talk about this because I think it's interesting timing because you know, Damien and I always talk about how much we love Michael Bay. Yes. In the group chat, and um, love him we, so much that you hate what's going on. Well, we were really hyped for Six Underground mm-hmm. because I think it's on site for the dude who introduced Michael Bay to Transformers. <laughs> Facts, <laughs> because he just gave up. Yeah, with that shit. I think I, I saw the first three. I, um, I don't care about Transformers. They're, they're films cool. At all. The first two movies are like decent action movies, and he did five of those things. Yeah, dude. He's just they make so much money. Like he, he's just given up. That's bad. And so I really put a lot of eggs into the basket of hoping that Six Underground would be like a return to form. Word. And there are two really dope sequences in that movie. There's a like a um, a penthouse rescue that involves like a rooftop pool cascading. That's the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's in the trailer. That, that shit shit's looks cool. Fire. There's yeah. like a yacht where they have they use a big magnet to take everyone's guns and shit. That's pretty cool. No shade, but wasted on just being a Netflix release. Probably should have been in theater. Yeah, you should have seen that in the huge. The, I could. I wanted to go to the screening, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the day that we went to Rick Ross's house. So I mean, you know, <laughs> subtle flex, subtle flex. When it comes to things that are near and dear to my heart, <laughs> Rick Ross edges Michael Bay out. It was, I, but I, I'm not. I say that not trying to flex. I really had to think about it. I was no, like, facts, damn. facts. And and I will say uh, uh, the better because I've been talking out. all year about damn. Imagine if Michael Bay yes 
stop doing this bullshit. I remember the day the and then they announced, and I was like, oh my god. Okay, but then so when I finally had to watch the film on Netflix, Mm -hmm. I was glad. (laughs) I made the right choice. It's not a good movie. Rick Ross interview. It opens great, with greater than six underground. It opens with like a, a twenty minute chase scene that is just not you wouldn't even know it's the same dude that made the Bad Boys Two chase. Scene. Really? Yeah. But it's interesting. I, I brought up Six Underground because one of the things I love about Bad Boys and why I hold it in such high esteem is that it's Michael Bay's first movie. Like that's a crazy that's first wild. feature. No, that's wild. I not- mean, he, he had been popping off of commercials and shit that since then, but mm-hmm. they gave him nineteen million dollars for that film. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. For that kind of movie. If you got $19 million right now, you probably wouldn't even be able to get in the theaters. I couldn't make shit like the the club scene with that. <laughs> they literally go to a club called Club Hell. Also, did you know, um, uh, shout out Jason Torres, uh-huh. he was telling me this, the Miami sign that they love showing in that movie does not exist. Okay, all right. There is no big block letter Miami sign in Miami. All right. I want to... <laughs> Only Michael Bay would create... It's like this. It's like a defining shot of the franchise. Because they go back to it in Bad Boys for Life as well. Yeah, There's doesn't a... exist. Really quick, since we were talking about budgets. <laughs> go in. Michael Bay put up his own $25,000 to um, complete one of the most notable shots in the climax when, uh, when Martin shoots the plane and the guy goes flying off of it. Mm-hmm. He was so adamant about having that shot, the studio was not, that he wrote his, he paid for it himself, and out of spite, instead of using a slate, he put the check on the slate for the shot. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And had to beg them for the money back only after he made like $60 million or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. I like that. I like and the that. studio cashed the check. And they said, fuck it, here yeah. you go, here you go. But I will say, at that time, in nine, especially for Martin Lawrence, like, Martin and Will were those guys. More so Martin. Definitely. It was already a couple years into the show. But Fresh Prince had to have been in season four. For, but but he was he was definitely like, I have a couple of small movies under my belt. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Martin. Like, Martin had already done Do the Right Thing. Okay. You know, he'd had a couple of roles behind him. And this was going to be like his real. Because once Bad Boys hit. Martin was out of here. He was doing all of that action shit. Same with Will on a different scale at that point. But Martin was already that guy to the point where he was like, they say, hey, we want you to do this action film. So I know things get hyped up crazy now in terms of like, you know, when Black Panther or something mm-hmm. that happens or Queen and Slim. Facts. But even with, you know, the relative chill of the 90s, I got to feel like two of the biggest black sitcom stars being trusted with their own action franchise. Yes. Even with the, it wasn't like a, Paltry budget. No, I mean nineteen nineteen. Still Jerry Bruckheimer. I mean, because you exactly you got to remember though, it was like a Hollywood film in ninety five starring two black. That must have been a moment. That it felt like a. I mean, and and the the best part is it's not just that. Oh, there are people that look like me on camera. They were with the shits. Like you know, it was not a kid film. It was definitely geared towards adults. They were talking the way adults talk. It was funny as fuck. And mad shit blew up. Like, it was what people have been looking for for a while. It felt like a moment. And, I mean, bringing in $141 million That's a crazy recoup. Off of 19 mil. Like, it's that's proof. And, it, you know, I was reading, you know, you say it's funny as fuck. Um, a lot of it was ad-libbed. That's, that's why I, I, it, it cracks me up to know or read those stories about how much they played with 
right. scripts, but as like just scenarios when they're filming these films. And, you know, Bay apparently thought the script was garbage and yeah. just asked them to ad lib regularly. You know, certain directors they say, "Oh, this was their first film," and you're like, "Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I can I can see that. I'm mm-hmm. not shocked." Yeah, this doesn't feel like a first film. Like Michael Bay does, you know, the decision to um. So there's this GQ story I really love. Yes. That's from about, like, almost 10 years ago. Yeah, t- 2011, yeah. Uh, Oral History of Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sean Fennessy wrote it. Yes. And, you know, it's th- the same argument that I'm going, which is, like, you know, certain people look at him as a hack. Mm-hmm. But he's actually, a, you know, an auteur in his own way. Word. And uh, there's a lot of great quotes in there. And Will Smith, for one, was saying that he and um, Michael clashed over the... The scene where they kidnap Tay Leone and Will's running after them, mm-hmm. and Michael Bay insisted that he do it with his shirt, you know, half off or whatever, you know. Yeah. And Will's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready for that. And then you know he eventually put his trust in him, and later, so he says in the story, that was the moment for me where I learned how important single images are. That single image took me from a comedic television actor to a potential movie star. Facts. The scripts that I started to get offered changed dramatically. 100%. When you realize that he went from Bad Boys to Independence Day like a year later, right? come on. That's crazy for a first-time director to pull off. This is why I think Will Smith, Michael Bay is calling, let me hit him up. You know what I'm saying? Let me at least hear what he's talking about. Because that Independence Day was that film for Will Smith where he was out of here. He was out of here. He was still doing the show, but he was fucking out of here. Yeah. And he's not He's not had to go back since. What else is it about Bad Boys that you think is... Because it feels like one of those... Excuse me. One of those action films that it's kind of stood the test of time. Like, I don't think... It definitely doesn't feel dated in the same way that other action movies might. Facts. I, and I don't know if it's the premise. I don't know if it's just them and... Cause some of you'll watch a lot of these action films, and not only will it feel like fifteen other action films, but you'll forget it as you're walking out. Right. Well, I think first of all, um, however you feel about Bad Boys for Life, mm-hmm. once you see it, no one would be there. Wouldn't be this clamor for a third one this late in the game with right. this much time passed mm-hmm. if the chemistry wasn't so dynamic. Facts. So the chemistry holds it up. I think, again, it reinforces my argument that Michael Bay is way more auteur than hack. Yes. Because the you know, a lot of the action holds up. And I don't know. It's just it has a great balance of like violence and humor. So then you get to Bad Boys 2 and uh, eight years have passed. Budget's bigger. It's, well, the whole thing's more interesting because it's like they go from being, you know, Let's call it not Will's first movie, but his first like big, big movie. Yes. Michael Bay's first movie, one of Martin Lawrence's first biggest, you know, like mm-hmm. shots. Um, and now they're all stars and they're all kind of lined up in an imperial phase type of moment. Fact. And that's what's interesting about it. Like, you know, Michael Bay had done what? The Rock, Armageddon yeah. since then. Yeah. Like Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor was in there. Yeah. Th- those are the three that Michael Bay had done. Will Smith, again, I mentioned Independence Day. He had gotten two men in blacks out of the way. Plus everything from Ali to Wild Wild West. Like, he'd been working. Right. So there's a whole different attitude on there and um, a certain cockiness. But it works, and they lean into it. Word. And, um, again, just... Gangbusters. Everything you loved action-wise about mm-hmm. Bad Boys, double down. But, I mean, we, we you've already gone in crazy on the action. But I think 
because people remember shit like the Reggie, the scene. Reggie scene. They, I don't know how well it's aged for some people. In t- with twenty twenty eyes, yeah, it's. It, I always kind of thought it was weird. Like I don't, I didn't get. I got why people thought it was funny, but I was like, it's kind of fucked up. And then um, from that same GQ story I'd referenced, here's Gabrielle Union talking about Bad Boys Two. She says, "You know, when people talk about the very first time they did drugs, being in a Michael Bay movie was like my drug. It's Damn. like I'm chasing the dragon, and I've been chasing that experience ever since." That's that big heroin talk. Also, you know, <laughs> chasing the dragon. Shouts out Gabriel Union, though. The screenwriter Ron Shelton admitted that he hadn't seen the first Bad Boys mm. and kind of just fast forwarded through it when he got the gig to write this one. Jesus. And to this day, or to the day that he did this interview a couple years ago, mm. he hadn't seen the finished product. Wow. So, you know, even with some uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg punch ups, that kind of explains why it's lacking in some spots. But I, like, there's one whole scene dedicated to them being in like a fake Best Buy and people misconstruing the conversation <laughs> as like some kind of homophobic. Yeah, shit. yeah. It just doesn't. So, I mean, a lot of that shit, again, different time, 2003. But, I mean, th- you also have Woosah, though. Yeah, which is yeah. One of the most enduring gags. It's, it, it's tough. There, it's you have to give context to everything. I'm glad we're all learning, but some of that stuff doesn't hold up as well. No. But now this is the thing: '95 Bad Boys One, 2003 Bad Boys Two. It took a long fucking time to get to where we are it's now. It's 2020. I was in prep for this. I'm looking through the timeline and like really, Michael Bay first mentions a Bad Boys three in 2008. I blame Transformers. Probably, but well, at that time he was like, "Yo, if we're gonna do it, <laughs> you gotta ante up." You know what I'm saying? Like, we're we're of a, a certain tax bracket at this point. Yeah, don't come with no bullshit checks, which you gotta respect. They hired a writer in 2009. A whole two years later, Martin Lawrence is like, "Yeah, we still working on this shit." 2014 is when it starts getting interesting because they hire someone to do a script. And it's confirmed that a script is done. But then a year later, they tap someone else to write and direct the film. And that is, that's when I started getting worried about it. Because, you know, in a way, mm-hmm. in the same way that when a, whenever a sequel gets greenlit and it's an ensemble or a duo or whatever, mm-hmm. we're always on edge if everyone's not coming back. Facts. To me, Michael Bay is the third co-lead. Yeah. Of the franchise. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, so as soon as they started talking different director, I was like, ugh. Yeah, it's, And then the guy, so it was Joe Carnahan who, like... I, have you ever seen Smoke and Aces? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's been a minute, though. I don't know if I love his that's style. Not that's not the guy for this film, though. Because yeah. with, th- with a third film of... Th- again, according to Fraser Tharp, top 15 action film of all time. Arguably. Arguably. You can't have some Mickey Mouse bullshit. No coming in to try and perfect on what's been happening. Now, Joe gets announced in in June of 2015. That August, because I remember when the stories came out, they announced that three and four were set. Three was going to come out in February 2017. Bad Boys 4 would have been July 2019. I will say this, and I won't say it ever again. I kind of wish they had a different name for Bad Boys 3, because Bad Boys 4 being Bad Boys for Life, right? it's corny, but it makes more sense than the third one having that kind of word alliterate. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just a nerd. But it didn't matter anyway, because the following March, they said, you know what? 
we're going to push that film to the to June of 2017. That August of 2016, they pushed the movies back further. Part of it was because of Wonder Woman. It would have been time to around that coming out. I get it. Wonder Woman had too much steam, would have burned a Bad Boys 3 out the box, I'm guessing. Didn't matter anyway. 2017, they pushed it back again. Later that year, Carnahan left, probably because they kept pushing these fucking movies back and forth. By the summer of 2017, Sony had essentially abandoned the film, totally took it off the docket. Dark. Martin Lawrence threw up his hand and said, yo. Yeah. In 2018, when they got announced. You go from Michael Bay. In a way, it's it's full circle. Because yes, Michael yes. Bay was like very early 30s, first time director when he did this. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you know, um, they're in their early 30s now. Correct. So they must have been late 20s making this. 100%. And, and that, they were probably like you. And back on a, a smaller budget, too. Because a, a ti- times have changed. $90 million, which. There's no Marvel superheroes in this. Damn, Scorsese was right. Scorsese was right. Yeah, they. Do, this is technically one of their like first American projects. They did a couple of episodes of Snowfall. And That's such an such an odd amount of trust from a producer like Will Smith. Not saying I don't respect it. Yeah, it's, you know, you just you don't see that all the time because a lot of A listers produce their own films once they get past a certain point. You don't see them put sequel trust in the hands of first time. Yeah, feature directors. Well, I mean, it, it is fair. To, I mean, because and Will had a, a stake in this. I mean, Overbrook is on the docket as one of the production companies of this film. Facts. You know, I wonder though. It, it's one of those situations where maybe he thought we're playing with less money. We really want to get some guys we think that can get the shit done. Right. Because if you if you pull in a big name, there's. Certain headaches, I think you're going to get with that. Not to say they didn't run into for sure conflict on this, but it's easier, I think, to be like, "This is what we want." Can you guys make it work on a smaller budget? So, I mean, you know, from the fan side, you've got these relative newcomers replacing Michael Bay. You've got almost a decade's worth of delays. Mm-hmm. You've got Martin Lawrence barely acting anymore. You've got Will Smith being a little more hit or miss than he's been, mm-hmm. than he was in his peak. Word. So there's a lot of trepidation going into Bad Boys for Life. And the number one factor, anytime you see a movie coming out in January. Yeah. January yeah. is and always has been the dumping ground for the most part. It, it A January release displays at, le- at the very least a deep lack of trust. 100%. And critically and box office. But it's it they're in an interesting quandary though because the like when that trailer dropped, I don't think anybody cared about any of that. They just wanted to see Will and Martin on screen. Facts. They they've been waiting for this movie for a decade and a half. It was time to get it. So that that's the only thing I think they could be an anomaly. Their star power and this franchise could be something that could overcome that usual late January doldrum. That's a fair point. So, I mean, I, I think it's um, reasonable to go into this with a hefty amount of skepticism. Yes, 100%. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, without further ado, here's our conversation with Adil and Bilal. 
directors of Bad Boys for Life. Yo, what's up? I'm Adele, and I'm Bilal, and we're the directors of the Bad Boys for Life. Talk about it. You, you guys been hanging out with DJ Khaled? That sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we the best. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, let's just jump into it. Um, you know, when people think about Bad Boys, the franchise, uh, it's almost like Michael Bay is is a third character. Like, he's so ingrained with the franchise. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So did you, were you guys nervous um, about taking on this job? Oh, yeah. Very, very much. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, Michael Bay is an iconic director. He's one of the most famous directors in the world. He has a distinct style. Right. So, to make a sequel to, to, to a Michael Bay movie, it's a pretty big shoes to fill in. Yeah. The pressure was on every day. Well, had you been fans of the series beforehand? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, I remember when I was, uh, I think, uh, around ten years old, and I saw Bad Boys, the first one. I, I was on the playground playing like one. I'm one of the cops, like I'm Mike or Mark, you know. So <laughs> I, I grew up, I grew up on those movies, uh, and and it left so much, um, yeah, so much impression on me. They were just cool guys, you know. They were badass. They were cops. And 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 they were they were urban, you know. So so for me, it was the same thing, you know. I loved uh, Beverly Hills Cop, and and uh, when I watched Bad Boys, it was like a, you know, it was like a movie in the same universe, you could say. And I loved, you know, I loved to be a cop. And if I was if I was a cop, I would be a cop like the Bad Boys. <laughs> well, I guess you know, it, being fans and and knowing the the film when you were kids, can you talk about the process? And now, because you guys, you know, are directing the film, how talk about that especially in a situation where people have been waiting for it. God, it feels like it'd been forever since bad boys too. Can you go into a little bit about that? Well, you know, you, we, we grew up with, with the Jerry Bruckheimer movies, with those, those Tony Scott movies, you know, the, the buddy cop film. And, and we wanted bad boys to be, uh, our bad boys for life to be an homage to this buddy cop movies of the nineties and the end of the eighties, like these weapon, die hard. And then Beverly Hills cop, obviously. And, um, and I think that you know that's what we try to do is to have uh, to have this vibe, this '90s vibe, but also a movie that's like stylistically between the first and the second movie because Bad Boys Two is actually much much more different than the first one, right. and and we try to do like more of a hybrid. Mm -hmm. And how did you navigate paying homage to the visual style that Michael created in that foundation while also trying to forge your own? Yeah, well, the thing is, we have. We had a, a lot of trust of, of Will, Martin, and Jerry to sometimes, if you wanted to, like, you know, put that Adil and Bilal flavor or that, that, that freshness in it, uh, they gave us this, the opportunity to, to do stuff that is, is differently. So, yeah. and, and I think it was a good balance between, well, you know, what the, the, the Bad Boys movies were and what we could bring in. Yeah, and, and we analyzed, like, a lot of, of Michael Bay's movies and the, the iconic shots that he did, mm -hmm. and, and we tried to mimic that in, the, in a certain extent to that movie, and at the same time just, you know, 
uh, have, have our flavor, our colorful flavor that we did in our other Belgian movies. So, so that's what we tried to do. I'm glad you said that because I did notice like a specific homage in the middle. I don't know what you would call it. He kind of does like a slow-mo pan mm-hmm. where it's the two of them, you know, kind of mm-hmm, yeah. getting up. And I noticed that in the middle of the movie for sure. Exactly. That's, you know, that shot that is like a... You know, whenever we would say like a Michael Bay shot, you had like Will and Martin saying, "No, no, it's a, now it's an AMB shot." So okay. It's like a, 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 a slow, low angle tracking shot, mm-hmm. and um, he, he did that on Bad Boys One. Yeah, and uh, and he did that in actually basically almost all of his yeah. movies. He did that in The Rock, and obviously Bad Boys Two when he's, when the when Marcus says shit just got real. So mm-hmm. so that was like a clear homage to, to his style and with the music the music cue mm-hmm. from the first movie is on that shot on the same similar shot so on the press tour that Will and Martin have been on Will has spoken a lot about um, a lot of the weight for this movie went into making sure that the script was perfect so what were his notes and what's kind of the theme and tone that he was aiming for well well well, Will was always Will was working so fucking hard every day. Every day we were after the shooting day, we went to his trailer and we were like analyzing every scene and every line. And he wanted to to tell that story from from the the friendship, the friendship, the, the you know the the concept of we ride together, we die together. Mm-hmm. So that 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 friendship that everybody every human wants to have that connection which we also like me and Adil we, we, we've been we have that same friendship in, in, in what we do in movie making so you, you know there is always somebody who, who has your back and and that friendship was just the central theme of, of, of the of the movie. Yeah, and he wanted, you know, in, in the, to not just make a copy of the two other movies or not just doing a cash grab. So for him, he really wanted to have, you know, the evolution of these characters that became older and talk about what it means to become older, what it means when, when one person wants to stay the same, you know, stay Mike Laurie, while the other one just want to settle and accept the fact that, you know, they're not the same as before. So, so all these elements, all these theme in those character arcs, that was, very important to him much more than than just you know having cool action but there was some cool ass action in that <laughs> film though one particular scene towards the end in that that main battle where uh Rita's shooting up at the floor but then the camera tilts yeah. on its side as she's walking can you walk through that process of like where do you conceptualize mm-hmm. that and how hard was that to pull off yeah, so you know, when, when, whenever we get the chance, we try to make something, we want to do something cool, a funky ass shot, something iconic, something that's memorable. memorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we, together with our DP, who's just, you know, Belgian guy, he's, he, he, like, he's, he's our age, he's 30 years old, he's in all our short movies and stuff. We, we came up with that idea of, of, of Rita character, basically the coolest shot of the movie, they say. And, and it was just, so cool to to we had a techno crane you know which is like a tool that we never can use in belgium because it's so expensive and we had that so we were like what can we do with that machine and if we can do crazy shit we just had to do that and we had it actually the first or the second take it was that's the one that you see in the movie and then we tried to do it better it took 15 takes we never got it better it was just (laughs) that one time and that's it so it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun with your your first this is Probably you'd call this your biggest feature to date, right? Especially budget-wise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was total chaos, but it was fun chaos. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your favorite moments from directing Will and Martin in this? 
so many. Yeah, I had so much. We had well, so much fun. Well, uh, I would say a favorite moment is that you know, you know, Will didn't want to do one thing for uh, some reason, yeah. and we never really, even now, we don't know why he didn't want to do that. But he didn't want to wear the badge on the chain. You know, that, uh, that's really iconic because in the second the Miami badge, yeah, the the Miami PD badge. And every time we say, yeah, it's time to wear the badge on that chain, he said, no, there's no reason because there's no intervention. So we are at the bar, so there's no reason for it. And I said, okay, all right. <laughs> and then there was another scene. Uh, so, hey, wear the badge. And he said, no, because because we're just walking here with not on a mission. I said, mm. okay. And then uh, there was only one scene left. And mm-hmm. it was an intervention scene. And uh, we said, okay, wear the badge. We're ready to shoot. The whole crew is ready. And he's not wearing it. And we say, hey, Will, do you want to wear the badge? He said, uh, no, because uh, there's no, why not? It's an intervention. And he <laughs> didn't want to wear it. And for 45 minutes, we argued. He said, this is so unnatural. This is so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> wow. And we were, and it was the first week of shoot. And oh we were God. stressing like a motherfucker because everybody was looking at us. And you have Will Smith, biggest star in the world, telling you, I don't agree with you. Wow. And we're some punks who don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and Martin, I mean, we we'll, we'll ask Martin, Martin, do you want to wear it? Martin, yeah, I want to wear it. Oh, no, Martin <laughs> can wear it, but I don't. Like, no, no, it's either both of you or nobody. Mm-hmm. And after 45 minutes, Will just said, you know what? I'm going to do it for you. I don't mm-hmm. agree. It's unnatural. It's wrong, but I do it for you. And then we felt really bad. And Bill, I was saying, okay, maybe we should not do it. And no, 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 we won't. We won't. Let's do it. <laughs> I think I think it was just a test to see how much as a filmmaker do we want it and how, how far are we willing to go and direct mm-hmm. Will. Yeah, you know, actually rewatching the movies, they do not really wear badges that often for no cops. yeah and also i mean and i think the other thing about the making of these films you hear a lot of stories of a lot of like improv or you know testing out things behind the scenes to see what works better were there a, was there a lot of improv between will and martin throughout the film yeah during really. yeah yeah during the we, we did a lot of improv during the rehearsals every time we were talking about the scene we were yeah, just kicking having fun and you know coming up with jokes and and um but then when we we were, were shooting the scene, everything was rehearsed. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, we did you know a, a fifth or sixth take where we say, guys, just do do some crazy stuff. Yeah. And Usually they they're really on point. So like the first take to second take, they already have the scene in the can, and then you can play with it. So that that happened also a lot of times. Usually the improv happened during the rehearsal, and mm-hmm. you would have somebody right away write it down in the in the on the pages. Gotcha. And one of the interesting things, and it sounds like you guys rewatched the uh, the other two films a lot in preparation, and it's interesting to me that this movie doesn't try to recreate some of the more intense action moments. Like, it's very appropriate for their age, and it's kind of baked into the story that they're winding down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because that's, you know, it's it's not the bad boys of 95 or the bad boys of 2003, you know, they, mm-hmm. they age, it's different, and it's part of the story. And also, we also had the, our budget was smaller than Bad Boys 2, <laughs> or, or than Mission Impossible or Fast and Furious, so we had to be more creative and smarter with, uh, with the story and overall the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's less cars you get to blow up. Yeah, even though we asked for it, because we were like, come on, man, we got like 90 million. I mean, for us, it was like all the money in the world. We wanted to do like 10, 15 explosions. Yeah, well, but you can say that, you know, our, the first director's cut, there was a lot of action. There was much more action than you see now oh, wow. but you know it's it, it was all about the characters and there was something you know with the when we were editing like the movie was telling us guys 
This is about Mike and Marcus. This is the story. So we wanted to focus the whole time and tell tell every action scene from the from the the character. Yeah, even though we wanted to go all the way Bayham. Luckily, you had the producers <laughs> and Will and Martin and, and the studio saying, guys, I know you want to do that, but you got to, you know, stick to the story and, and do what's right for the movie overall. So, so thank God they were there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of fun cameos in the movie. Um, what was it like filming the cameos for Michael Bay and uh, DJ Khaled? Oh, Michael Bay, that's like my, my, my favorite shot in the movie, the Michael Bay shot with Michael Bay, which will be studied in film schools, I hope. Yeah, but Michael, yeah, Michael Bay was, uh, yeah, we were kind of kind of scared because, you know, he's, 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 we heard a lot of stories about him, and but uh, when he came to the set, he was such a nice guy, and, uh, you know, one taker, like, he had no problems doing it. He was kind of nervous about his lines. Oh, wow. Yeah, but basically he directed his, he directed his own shot. So he was <laughs> just, course. like, sitting back and as, as cinephiles, you know, enjoying the moment. Yeah, he, he said one thing that day. He said, don't fuck up my baby. And I said, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, DJ Khaled, that was, like, that was so much fun because <laughs> he gets his ass kicked in the movie. So he was like, he was, he was the first time that he really acted as yeah. a character, not as himself. You know? mm. And and he was so he was like, yo, I'm 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 doing this scene with Will. Will is fucking just so legendary, iconic. So he was was kind of stressed, but uh, he, I think he brought a lot of uh, a lot to that scene and made it super funny. Yeah, he made it. You know, when we do it to the with, next level with test audiences, people love that scene so much that we feel if we get the chance to make a, a movie with with him uh, having a bigger part, we're gonna do it right away because it has a lot of natural and it's just you know I think he's a really great actor actually. Oh wow! Oh wow! I, I think one of the other more interesting cameos, especially for our audience or fans of uh, Bad Boys Two, would be Reggie coming back. Um, it's interesting because l- looking at Reggie's IMDb, Bad Boys Two is the only film that he was in. So, was it difficult finding this guy to, to have him come back to be in Bad Boys for Life? Well, you know, not only Reggie, also the the one who plays the daughter, you yes, know, right, Bianca, yeah, Bianca Bethune, who plays plays uh, Megan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also is from the from the second movie. So for us, it was really we were so important to have that. We wanted them too there. So basically, it was just looking up on social media on yeah. Facebook. And, you know, it was. Really, I think Bianca found us. She texted us. Yeah, Bianca found us. And somebody on on Facebook found found Dennis who plays uh, Reggie, mm-hmm. and that's how we. That was that was a long search. Yeah, it was a long <laughs> search, you know. And we hope that they they look good, you know, because we didn't know. <laughs> it's like they didn't change. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, Reggie, he looks exactly the identical. Same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. It's so yeah, funny. It was great to have them both again in the movie. I mean, aside from finding Reggie on on social media, what was the most challenging aspect about shooting this film? Well, shooting Atlanta in the winter and make it look like Miami in the summer. Mm. Yeah. That that was challenging because you know Atlanta doesn't look at all like Miami. And for us, Miami the city was a character in the movie was Mm-hmm. Super important to have that. Yeah, and when we got the job, we thought, all right, I'm going to Miami. <laughs> and they said, no, movie show in Atlanta. And we don't know how Atlanta looks like because we're from Belgium. So so from the moment the airplane landed, 
we looked through the window. It's like, holy shit, below, it looks like Belgium. It doesn't look like Miami at all. <laughs> no palm trees, no water, only peach trees. And then, and then it became winter, and then it was 40 degrees, and the trees are dead. And everybody <laughs> got to play like it's super warm and hot because it's a yeah. hot summer in Miami. And it's the breath coming out of their mouth, so they got to play like it's warm, and it, they're shivering and all that. So it's, uh, yeah, 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 it was yeah, a traumatic yeah. experience. But... Yeah. You won't see it in the in the movie. No, I really have the feeling that everything is shot in Miami. So. Yeah, you guys fooled us. <laughs> yeah, for real. I wouldn't even realize. Wouldn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, we did a good job, but we only do it once, never again. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys actually come aboard? Like, was was Will just a fan of Snowfall? Well, we no, actually we made a movie in Belgium called Black, which was a, a Romeo and Juliet uh, story set in the, the the gang world of Brussels between a Congolese girl that falls in love with a Moroccan guy from rival gangs. And uh, that movie won a prize, you know, the Discovery Award at the Toronto Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And that's basically when the, the Hollywood world opened up to us. And Jerry Bruckheimer saw the movie back then in 2015 and Will Smith as well. And they were big fans of the movie and of our work. And they wanted to find the project for us to work with. And eventually, after a couple of years, uh, Bad Boys was available. And then, you know, Will said to Jerry, why don't we just give this movie to the boys? Mm -hmm. Yes. You love to hear stories like that in Hollywood. I don't think we hear enough of them, honestly. Yeah, people keeping an eye on well, their talent. For us, yeah, yeah for, for us, the irony was that when we were students, as a joke, we would always say, and I want even going to go to Hollywood, and then we're going to do Bad Boys 3 because they still didn't make this movie yet. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, as a joke. Yeah, as a joke. Nah. Well, it must feel surreal now. 100%. It's insane, yeah, man. It's, it's like uh, a dream. We're pinching ourselves because, you know, it's... I would, cannot believe we made this movie with these stars and Jared Bruckheimer. So it's really, it's, uh, it's super surreal. Mm. So what advice would you give to directors trying to follow a similar path and, and break in the industry in a mainstream way? Yeah, well, you know, I'd say you got to dream big because um, obviously, you know, not everything's going to work. We, we also flipped fell flat on our faces a lot of times and it didn't seem that we were really going to make any movie in Hollywood but you gotta you know gotta aim for it we're not special we're not aliens or something yeah. we just we had a big dream and we set the bar really high and then even if you don't achieve all the goals or the highest goals you're still gonna end up in a in a cool place and you gotta go for it you gotta do it well, you, you know? gotta, and you got and you gotta follow your faith yeah, that, those are the moments that you learn most. Yeah, yeah, like we made a lot of mistakes, and you got to get up and, and continue, basically. That's that's like what, what we are le still learning, actually. Yeah, mm, For sure. I mean, it sounds like you're learning on the job. I mean, you know, Bad Boys for Life is here. But the question is, what's next for you guys? I know there's been talk of a Beverly Hills Cop 4 coming from you guys. Can you talk, talk a little bit about that as well as what you got, what else you guys have planned? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Jerry, Jerry would love to. We would love us for, for Beverly Hills Cup, and we would love to make Beverly Hills Cup, too. And we met uh, Eddie Murphy uh, a couple of times. We even met him one time when we were doing the reshoots for Bad Boys mm -hmm. uh, at the Tyler Perry studio. He was shooting Coming to America. Mm -hmm. So we were like, oh, shit, Will and Martin is here and Eddie and Wesley Snaps was there, too. So, wow. um, yeah, we had this. It was just having all these people that are that they had so much inspiration for us. Reveal's Cup is, is, is a dream to make. So. Yeah, so we'd love to do that. And, and mm. we also want to do more, you know, uh, like smaller movies, more that are less, maybe less commercial, more artistic stuff, mm -hmm. and, and, and do a combination of, of both, you know. And now, you know, you mentioned seeing what the box office does not going from there, but the movie does end with like a pretty big twist 
for Mike Lowry and sets up a whole new dynamic for the series. So is there talk of what you would do for a Bad Boys 4? Yeah, well, you know, we're when when during the the shoot, we were like fantasize, you know, doing our own yeah. fan fiction of like, hey, what would happen in the fourth <laughs> movie? You know, it might be this, it might be that. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, when we were making it, and we loved the characters so much, we wanted to see another movie with them. <laughs> yeah, just but, as fans, just as fans already. So, so I mean, if we have to see, we have to see what the box office does. The audience will decide on yeah. this one. Hundred percent. I have to say the that casting. Is kind of dead on. Once you learn the twist, you can kind yes. of see a, a resemblance. You know? Yes. No. No spoilers for the people that haven't seen it yet. But yeah, they, it's 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 smart casting. Whoever casting director, <laughs> they they deserve some type of bump or raise or something. Thank you. It was yeah. a big. You know, when we were when we read the, the the script, it was a challenge. You know, we thought, okay, this is great. <laughs> How are we going to cast the right person? So mm-hmm. so they they really did a great job, and the actors were you know yeah, the actor who plays that character. Is such he's an a amazing re- guy. He's a revelation. Yeah. Okay. Well, Adil, Bilal, thank you guys for taking the time out. Really appreciate you guys. Congrats on Bad Boys for Life. Hoping for continued success. Thanks, guys. Thank you very thank much. Thank you much, brother. Right, thank you care. very much. Appreciate it. What an interview. Not very- to pat myself on the back. Pat us on the back, but Adil and Bilal, two gents. Friends I'm very of the excited. They they seem like I've in talking to a lot of people via phone. I don't think I've gotten that much personality. They were amped up. They were they they were chanting DJ Khaled's phrases. It made me like the film like a smidge more. <laughs> Just out of you know, infectious. Well, you you can you can feel their. Uh, their excitement for just be able be able to be a part of a franchise like this, especially essentially being students of Michael Bay. Right, right. They kind of said they grew up on these types of movies, um, you know, the buddy cop actioners. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting, too. I love the story that they told about um, arguing with Will about what seems like a very minuscule thing to argue about. Like 40, the, 45 the, minutes spent arguing? Wear, the, the wearing the badge, because if you go back and read interviews that Michael Bay did about both movies... They would do the same thing. Like Facts. I think in the first movie, he and Will argued for hours mm-hmm. about the uh, the line of uh, Mike Lowry telling Marcus "I love you" Word. at the end of the movie. Crazy. Until they just had to shoot something, and obviously it's in there. It's in there. Word. They they did. I mean, it's it's cool to see them be able to have that that bullheadedness and be able to get what they want in there for the betterment of the project. Um, and it's almost like you know, it's kind of, it's like the Irishman version. Of an action movie where it's like <laughs> we're washed now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, let's reckon with this. When I think you know, I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work as well in an action movie the same way it works for a gangster movie. Yeah, it did kind of still make me miss like them actually running cops down, running bad guys down, and facts. I, I, I guess that that's one of those things where you can, you you can credit Irishman for being a little longer. Yeah, to be able to to really emphasize those beats wherein. A tight two hours. Like, I feel like, as much as I respected what they were trying to do, this one kind of feels like the most serious of the three. Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't really get into it until a little after the first hour. 100%. Because the first hour kind of splits them apart a little bit. Yeah, In ways that were necessary for the script, so I understood it, but it kind of, like, held you off. Like, I think... There's one line that felt like quintessential bad boys to me mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that matched with their age when he's like, uh, you know, Martin Lawrence is trying to be more peaceful mm-hmm. and then the guy's on drugs and still knocks him out and, <laughs> and Will goes, all right, MLK is done. Now you got Malcolm X yeah. or whatever. Like that would, felt like a peak. That was a good one. You know? That was a good And I, I, I will say 
for a film that because there's a lot riding on this, especially, you know, trying. First of all, you're just trying to match the intensity of what happened in Bad Boys 2. But it feels like it's a bridge to hopefully a future. It does. So, you know, you're having to play the here's how we're expressing these older men trying to do what the fuck they've been doing for decades, as well as here's what could happen in Bad Boys 4, Bad Boys 5. We got a Bad Boys 4 for life. Bad I man, seriously. This should have been Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys for Life is number four. I'm not gonna mention it ever again. I mean Martin Lawrence is already fifty four. Will is fifty one. Yeah. I don't know if I need another Bad Boys movie from these guys. I would say don't be surprised. Don't be surprised to get a Bad Boys 4, but it be different. There, there's ways... The, the ending does set up a really interesting dynamic. And, there, and there's ways for, you know, Martin and Will to still be around. They're not, they might not be chasing down bad guys like they well, were. Well, we have the, Vanessa Hudgens for that. And uh, Charles Melton. Baby from Riverdale. <laughs> Greatest action hero... Vanessa, come on the pod. ...of 2020. I was not the one thing I was not expecting was her to be that much of a badass. She was laying them out. She was she was the illest motherfucker on ammo. And one thing, one last note I will say about um, what I appreciated about this movie that I wasn't quite expecting was um, you know a lot of these movies kind of flail at depicting the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of just some really poorly thinly sketched in dude. Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 both have very notable, yeah. fun bad guys. Mm -hmm. And this one did that too. Yeah. A lot of, especially when you see a sequel to an older franchise, mm -hmm. they always brick the bad guy. Yes. This has a cool bad guy plot. It, it, it took a minute for us to get exactly what was going on. That, but even like the, the you know, the, the mother on her bruja shit. Facts. Like, eh, it's Fact. cool. I'm not and, mad at it. And, and it, it all, it ended up making a lot more sense than I thought it was going to be when I was initially, it looked a little hodgepodge at times. Like, all right, this dude's a badass, but what the fuck is really going on? Right. But then they hit you and then it, 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 it all ties together. Yeah. Go see it. I, I think real, realistically, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this film, though, uh, in terms of the response, it, it sounds like the response is really the key. You know, right. they they already greenlit a fourth film, so I imagine an idea is there. But it sounds like it's really going to be based off of if the people want another film. The people in the box office—that's pretty much what Will's been saying. Yeah, I think. All right, you know, this one already kind of again, I liked it, but it stretched the concept a little bit, just in terms of like what this genre is. You know, right. And what this franchise is, if they do it, they need to start shooting by Halloween. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. We we need to hear an announcement about this thing. ASAP. No more dwelling. Let's just get it going. And hopefully, snatch Michael Bay away from Transformers and Netflix. I, or I, you know, let these guys. They kind of showed up. Give them a bigger budget. You never know. Yeah, I would like to see at least you know the budget of Bad Boys Two, because it's it it might end up being global. But my my thing is. Make this a summer film. I don't care what's coming out that summer. Hearing a Bad Boys 4, Will and Martin in whatever capacity, for like a July 4th weekend? Yeah. I'm all in. In there. I'm all in. But, you know, again, we'll figure that out. We'll visit at some point. Um, once again, thanks again for Adil and Bilal stopping through. Um, 
again, Bad Boys for Life in theaters now. Watch less, available everywhere you guys consume podcasts. Please subscribe, like, review, comment, share that shit with your friends. Hit us up at Complex Pop on Twitter and Instagram. Get in the conversation. As you can see, we're, we're talking that shit, but we don't want to hear no bullshit. If you got a conversation you want to hit us with, keep that shit real. The lights just went off. I guess they're telling me that we're done um, for Fraser Tharp. I'm Cal, advising you as always to tune in and watch Sir. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.